Well, I see all the OU fans on this OU Texas Friday. OU fans are everywhere here at the Omni downtown, and which is great. The OU fans have showed up. I, I'm guessing the national media folks are wondering if the football team's going to show up because I pull up ESPN today having lunch here at the Omni, pull up the ESPN app, and what's the first thing I see? It's a headline that says, could Texas blow out Oklahoma in Red River rivalry? Really? The day before the game, that's the headline that we're going with in this game, huh? Well, I don't know. Could Texas blow out Oklahoma again? Please, get out of here, man. I, I like your feel, man. There's just this quiet confidence about this team this week. They've been letting everyone say, hey, Texas is the better team. Texas is the better in the trenches. Texas is just so much better than OU. I think this team has heard all of that and said, okay, all right, now we got you. Nobody's noting it. Nobody's talking right now. That's what I love the most about Except this Teddy. team. Except is, Teddy. Well, I, I mean, like, I, I, amongst players, staff, coaches, like – Everybody affiliated with the program in an official capacity hasn't said a word, which yep. I love because I think back to 2021 when the Sooners were 8-0 going into Waco and the first college football playoff poll came out and the Sooners were at number eight. Oh, yeah. Number eight after starting 8-0. And instantly, every single member of that team, it felt like, immediately took to Twitter to complain or – to post some song lyric or to basically act basically display to the world that the Sooners felt disrespected by that ranking. And then what happened? Well, they went down to Waco and they got shellacked 27 to 14 by Baylor in a game that was not even as close as as the scoreboard would have indicated. So I just love, and it might mean nothing in the grand scheme of things, Tyler, but I just love that this team is walking the walk as opposed to talking the talk. They're going to let their play on the field tomorrow do the talking. I mean, Brandy was like, I'm going to give you guys four players this week, which I just don't think it's that big of a deal. He's been very generous to you guys all year long. He just wants to make sure that nobody says something that is going to make headlines this week. And I think that that's really smart because they are playing this underdog role, like you said, quietly very, very well. Like, it's all in their own walls, but I think that that is playing up very, very nicely right now. I was having a conversation today with my OU Insider colleague, Brian Clinton, which, by the way, if you haven't gone to the OU Insider YouTube channel and checked out his Field Vision series where he breaks down the tape on Oklahoma and on their opponents, go give that a watch because it is excellent. Did a full breakdown earlier today of everything that Oklahoma is going to see from the Texas offense and how they can scheme to stop it. But... Uh, what Brian observed, he said he had been conversing with his grandfather, and this was something his grandfather had passed along to him because obviously he's got decades upon decades of o- OU football watching experience. He said, look, this team always plays its best when they've got something to prove and when nobody believes in them. And not to say that anybody's throwing Oklahoma under the pile. I don't, I don't feel about this week – Uh, the way that I felt about, for instance, the 2019 Peach Bowl, where nobody really gave Oklahoma a chance. Because there was, I mean, there was a minimization of what Oklahoma was as a football team that year. And part of it was also due to the fact that LSU was just a steamroller, sure. Now, it was accurate in that case, but I think that the fact that there is no buzz nationally right now about Oklahoma, whether positively or negatively, 
I think that's exactly where Oklahoma wants to it be. It just fits into this team, what happened last year, kind of what they're all about. This is the way that they like it. And, again, we'll see if that results in a win tomorrow, if they play really well tomorrow. I just think that how they've wanted this week to go up to this point has worked out exactly the way Britt Venables wants to go because we've talked for five consecutive weeks now. We've talked about it. The text line's talked about it. Hey, ain't showing nothing till Texas. And I, I think when, when people say that, whether they're serious or they're joking, they think of the offensive side of the ball. And I think that there can absolutely be some truth to that. But I'm just telling you guys, man, like Britt Venables has coached in this game for a long time. He's going to have something tomorrow. I don't know what that something is. Maybe that something was with the D-line, the backers, maybe a defense as a whole. But he's been holding back something. He's going to show it tomorrow. And if I had to guess, that thing, whatever it is, could have a major impact in this game. So just don't, don't count out Brent Venables defensively tomorrow and what he might unveil. Maybe it involves number 34. God, I, I was about to say, I was about to say, if it's going to involve anything, you know it's going to uh, involve some heat on the quarterback because Brent Venables is characteristically yeah. aggressive when it comes to getting after the quarterback. So contrary to what Chip Brown was apparently saying this morning, Oklahoma is not going to rush three and drop eight. What they're going to do is they're going to make every effort to get up in Quinn Ewer's business and make things difficult on him. Uh, make him process faster, make him make decisions faster, make him get outside the pocket and escape the heat. If the Sooners can accomplish that, if they can keep Quinn Ewers under duress and you combine that with solid, not it, I don't think, feel it, like it has to be elite run defense. If you can get above average run defense tomorrow and you can just ensure that Quinn Ewers' timeline to make a throw is constricted, that is a recipe for victory. Put the pressure on Quinn Ewers to win this football yep. game is what I would say. Because yep. he didn't have I, – I know he played well last year, but come on. He had a clean pl- uh, pocket all, all day long. That game was never really in question past the first quarter. Quinn Ewers had it very easy last year. You get pressure on him, and you put a lot of pressure on him to go win this football game with long third downs, tough conversions. I'll continue to feel good about uh, OU's chances. Rob from Moore on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Let's fill it up today, guys. Come on, 405-651-3439. You can't help but think all this negativity talk about OU and the entire Texas fan base telling the world OU is trash. Does all this affect Texas mentally? I don't know if it negatively affects Texas mentally as much as it just... Again, I think that the, the way this week has been, it just has... Gone the way exactly that Brent Venables wants it. That, that's what I would say more than anything. And I feel strongly that after getting beat 49 nothing last year, this coaching staff understands how much this game means to alumni, boosters, and fans. OU is going to come out and play well tomorrow. That, that I do feel strongly about. And, again, to kind of transpose an observation I had earlier in the week, Tyler, everybody's talking about Texas right now. And not just that's not just specific to this game. Texas is one of the hottest storylines in college football right now. Everybody is talking about Texas. And historically, what happens when everybody's talking about Texas? It ends up terribly. They end up embarrassing themselves on national television. They can't live up to the hype. That's that's what that meant. Texas is hey, Texas is back. If they have all the hype going into this game and they lose tomorrow, then the real Texas is back. Which still confuses me. Like 
okay, so now they're back since they beat Alabama. Are they not back anymore if they lose tomorrow? Like, that that whole deal is, is weird to me. Pastor MC says, what we need to do against Texas is what Alabama could not do. Do we think we are better than Alabama this year? I hope so. Well, we'll find out Let's throw tomorrow. the ball down the field <laughs> and not make critical mistakes with the passing game. That's what Alabama didn't do. Yeah, I mean, I mean, and look, Dylan Gabriel is a guy who is much more equipped to push the ball downfield than Jalen Milrow is, and he's generally just a lot more precise in the way that he plays the position. So if you can minimize mistakes and you're willing to put some faith in your athletic group of receivers to go make plays on the football, then I think things open up substantially for this Oklahoma offense against the Longhorns, and I do think they'll be able to have quite a bit of success, particularly through the air. Zane says, Brent is going to reveal uh, reveal PJ as our Bobby Boucher. Oh, I like that a lot. PJ going to wear number nine like Bobby Boucher someday and get after the quarterback like he did. Oh, gosh, they would have to throw like number 63 <laughs> on Gentry Williams or something. PJ a little bit more natural as a pa- of a pass rusher than maybe Bobby Boucher was, but I would say so. You know. PJ's, PJ's a lot more natu- uh, natural of a pass rusher than most anyone. 918, he has been holding back most of the blitz packages I saw him use at Clemson, talking about Brent Venables. Yeah. Well, I, I, just, I just think he's got something for tomorrow. So. That's the big thing. Like I'm curious to see what Venables has kept in reserve. I'm curious to see what Jeff Levy has kept in reserve. Because I, I mentioned this last hour. I'm really not sure if it's being talked about enough. Just the matchup of offensive minds between Levy and Sarkeesian. Because re- this is really, Tyler, this is the yeah. first time we're going to see it. Levy probably had no more than 20% of his playbook at his disposal. I don't even know if it was that much. The run left, run right, run up the middle. Yeah, exactly. The circumstances dictated that Jeff Levy simply couldn't call a game, at least not an effective one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, big game for him, man. You know, I, some Texas guys were asking me earlier this week, well, how do the fan base feel about Brent Venables if he loses this game? For a second, I thought, I don't know, is he going to get the most blame, or is it going to be Jeff Levy and oh, Dylan man. Gabriel, the, the two that's going to get obviously, the most blame? Over, obviously, over depends Brent. on how the game goes. But, I yeah. mean, look, if if Oklahoma loses this game tomorrow, and this is the one encouragement that I have offered to Sooner fans, the one thing that I have really challenged them with all week and will continue to, don't get too high if you win tomorrow. And don't get too low if you lose, because odds are these two teams are going to match up again over in Arlington in December for a Big 12 title. Well, just to sneak in a little Cruton talk, just to say that we did it. Okay. You did see a 2026 commit last night in San Antonio, I Jonathan did. Hatton. I did. Um, let's let's start here. I, I, I'm sure that you talked to him after the game, and I'm sure that you asked him, hey, why'd you commit so early? Man, you're only a sophomore. What was his answer to, to that question? Yeah, why he yeah, decided I, to commit so early? He just... He felt he'd seen all that he needed to see. He felt like he knew where he wanted to go, and he felt that Oklahoma checked every box for him both on and off the field. So really, really impressive running back physically. He does not look like a sophomore in high school. Does not look like a sophomore in high school. He wears number 28, which is cool. Okay, that's a good start. Yeah. Very uh good start. And I got to go go watch him at Unicorn Stadium in (laughs) New Braunfels, former stomping grounds of which late 2000s Oklahoma linebacker? Uh, late 2000s Oklahoma linebacker at w- w- which high school was New it? New Braunfels High. New Braunfels High School. Oh my gosh, I'm totally blanking here. Late 2000s backer. Yep, that would be. Hold on, give me give me a minute and I'll get it. Give me a minute. Anyway, he wears number 28. Look good. He does wear. He does wear number 28. Big big back. Uh, carries 200 plus pounds. 
with a very athletic frame. Travis Lewis? Not Travis Lewis. He was from San Antonio. New Braunfels close by. You give up? Yeah. Tom Wart. Okay, well, that throws me off because I think of the British missile, Tom Wart, <laughs> from overseas. So, no, you're right. Hey, Tom hey. Wart, new Braunfels unicorn. Yeah, yeah, I, that's 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 right. I just, every time I think of Tom Wart, it's the British missile. So, you're right about that. No, um, that's good, man. I, what would you say, earliest commits in the modern era for yeah, OU? Well, if he signs, he will go down as the earliest commit to signee in the modern recruiting era for Oklahoma. But, yeah, I just... I guess if I have a concern with that kid, it's, okay, is he maxed out? And if he's maxed out, how much better is he going to get? But there are far worse concerns to have than that one. Candy from Norman on the text line says, Since 1929, there has never been an OU Texas night game. Do you think the SEC will schedule this game for prime time? Uh, I don't think this game will ever be in prime time, to be quite honest with you. The two ADs don't want it that way. Uh, I don't think the two universities want it that way. Uh, I sure don't want it that way. I just uh, – the latest you're going to get is 230 with this game. And I think you might get 230 next year. And really? Maybe the, well, I, the, the two ADs said as much, what, okay. less than a year ago that okay. they wouldn't hate if this game was at 230 here moving forward, CDC and uh, Josie. So, yeah, I w- that won't shock me at all if it's at 2.30. But anything later than 2.30, I don't, I don't yeah, think there's the any table. chance to that. Off the table at that point. Yeah, which um, it sounds good in theory, but in reality, is is, is that the is this the place that you want to play primetime? Well, no. I just, I, well, no. Yeah, no, it is not. I, I don't think so. Look at all these Tom Wards that we got on the text line, all these smart individuals right here. Smarter than me, at least today, um, in the first segment. On this OEC Football Friday, we are at the Omni in downtown Dallas getting you ready for OU Texas. What do we not have in front of us? We got This Is My Ref Army Beat Texas t-shirts that are here for free, by the way. We've got Beat Texas buttons. We've got the ref koozies. We, We got it all right here at the entrance of the Omni downtown right here in Dallas. We'll talk more Cruton. We'll talk more OU Texas. Coming up next right here on the ref, we are the Homeless Sooner fans. It's an OEC football Friday, locked in with McComas and Thune, live on the ref. We are the home of Sooner fans, live from the Omni in downtown Dallas. And the ref army joining us, not only here at the Omni, but uh, around the country as well via the free ref app, K-R-E-F in the App Store. Casper, Wyoming is tuned in today. I think that might be our buddy Jim up there in Wyoming. Mount Pleasant, Iowa, Joplin, Missouri. Sherman, Texas, Raleigh, North Carolina, Miami, Florida, all tuned in today. And let's go with Eufaula, Oklahoma for our small town of the day. We've been going with small towns this week, former Sooners from small towns that have made big plays in this game. And, yeah, uh, Selman's made a few. God bless Miss Selman. And uh, they fared out uh, quite nicely in this game. So Eufaula, Oklahoma, our small town of the day today. Honorable mention because I don't think we got to it this week. Miami. Oklahoma as well. That at least deserves a mention. Fort Gibson, Oklahoma, I guess, could uh, deserve a mention as well. That was our small town of the day, I think, Wednesday. Oh, was it Wednesday? Yeah, yeah. Uh, we hit that one on Wednesday. Okay, good. Winnie oh. Wood, I think, was yesterday. James Allen scoring the game winner in uh, 1996. Aha, Winnie Wood. There you yeah, go. I love that. From the 918, been listening to the ref all week. I can't wait for OU Texas next weekend at 7 p.m. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> it would be the uh, one of the craziest atmospheres that we've seen. That's, by the way, uh, that's for sure. By the way, what do you think of this polo? 
And so, good-looking good polo? So that's uh, Reddy's. Yeah. Reddy's polo, right? No, it looks yeah. good. I like it. I, We were going to lunch here, and I walked by, and I immediately noticed it. I was like, oh, that's that's uh, Reddy's. It's got the horns down there. No, I'm, I'm a big fan of it. Yeah, so good. if you guys aren't familiar with it, uh, OU kicker Reddy Mustafaraj, who is a native of Atoka, Oklahoma. Teddy told the previous he- staff for them to recruit him, give him a look. They didn't, but this staff did. Ah, well, there you go. There's there's the difference between Brent Venables and Muleshoe. But, uh, no, he and his sister have their own clothing line. Uh, you can check them out at shopdoubleteam.com. It's Double Team Apparel. They have fantastic, high-quality polos. Uh, I'm wearing the Horns Down polo today. Uh, for those that don't have a visual picture of what that looks like, it's a little crimson hand. Uh, on the left breast here, throwing the horns down. Yeah, and just, so th- just throw the horns down in front of your face, and it's like imagine that on a polo. That's it. Yeah, it's an awesome polo. Uh, Reddy came by the studio yesterday. He was like, here, uh, wear this tomorrow. I was like, man, sweet. I, I want another one. I told him to give me one of their uh, There's Only One polos, yeah. too. So shopdoubleteam.com if you want to check out Reddy's line. It is not Daniel Akinkumi in six days. The text line has said, no, 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 no. It's Daniel Lock and Kunmi in six <laughs> days who will be deciding uh, offensive lineman 2024 class. You got to bring it up because it's inside a week. I'm guessing he's probably going to be this class's next commit. And what do you say other than it continues to look really good for Daniel Lock and Kunmi to pick OU in six days? Yes, it does. Yes, it does. And I I will go on record here. I do not expect that to be the last 2024 commit that Oklahoma gets in the month of October. I don't know. Yeah, I don't either. I think October could actually be, as as much as it's really kind of dying down for not only OU but for everyone across the country, like we may see some big D commits like we saw yesterday. That's a tough hit for Georgia Tech, right, in their Ooh. class. But I, I think we could maybe see a couple of D commits here and there. But I think what it's been three or four consecutive months where OU's been a recruiting winner according to rivals on 3247 mm-hmm. i um i absolutely think oh you could be a rivals october recruiting winner as well with daniel lock and kumi uh maybe with eddie pierre louis I, I guess maybe there's a chance there that he could commit we'll see and maybe one or two others but i, I think oh is going to have a nice october if, i really do if things fall a certain way the last two weeks of october could be huge for oklahoma from a recruiting perspective because i think there are several guys that could realistically wrap up their recruitments in that last two weeks of October. And one guy that I know for sure intends to wrap up his recruitment in that last two-week period in the month of October. I can't say who it is yet because I know he's waiting to put it out there. He's but waiting you to think announce it. it but you think it might drop during the show today. There's a chance that, that Potentially. Happens. Yeah, it's, yeah pretty, right. it's pretty imminent that he'll have a commitment date out there. And uh, maybe that could potentially bode well for OU. And that's, that's what we were talking about yesterday while you are got momentum, man. Momentum is so big for tomorrow. You really got it if you go and win this game tomorrow. And yeah, yeah, take 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 a shirt, take a shirt, take a take a koozie, take a button, all that. But momentum is what you're really looking for coming out of this weekend. And yes, yep. Grant Bricks is in the state of Iowa. Michael Boganowski is in the state of Kansas. No, they won't be necessarily at the football game tomorrow. But if you win this game, everyone's going to be talking about OU. The momentum's going to be crazy. It could uh, still help you out with a big-time safety prospect in Kansas. It could help you out with an offensive line prospect in the state of Iowa. Parker is uh, double-tasking right now. Yeah, this is is multitasking right here. There's the 2XL for you. Yeah. 
recruiting coverage while uh, digging in a box for uh, T-shirt sizes. But, no, I mean, that's – Parker, it's about momentum this weekend when it comes to OU football recruiting. You're in a good spot as is right now. You're going to finish with the top ten class. You're going to finish with the top eight class. Can you get that top five class? That's the question. Can you get a top five class for the second consecutive year? I think winning and getting momentum this weekend could go a long way in that. It would go a long way, especially because at that point you're 6-0. and You're a national top ten program pushing top five if you win convincingly enough against Texas. And this is always the one game on your calendar that I think can generate the most recruiting momentum, especially with what kind of recruiting base you have in the Lone Star State. You beat Texas, and you kind of punch your tickets to the college football playoff conversation, then there will be recruits in the Lone Star State that look at that result, look at that outcome, and say, man, Texas looked like the hot new thing down here yeah. for a second, but, man, why why on earth wouldn't I give Oklahoma a harder look if they can handle Texas the way they did? 25-26 and beyond. We've seen this game before. We've seen this game before uh, matter a lot when it comes to recruiting. What's one of the more famous OU Texas recruiting stories that Adrian Peterson was there and he's throwing the horns down over there on the sidelines? Like, yeah, th- th- this game has, this game feels like it means a little bit, little bit more this year than it has in the previous 10 years plus, just in terms of where the two programs are ranked right now, where they're headed. Uh, this could be a very, very big deal for the 24 class. 25 class and beyond lloyd from el reno says is it reggie pearson or the defensive end that was committed to georgia tech yeah in terms of uh decommits that happened yesterday that was big i'm talking more uh about the 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 guy that decommitted from uh, georgia tech who was a top 100 player like that was uh that was a big story yesterday yeah that would be uh that would be cj jackson who is a top 100 player according to some recruiting services at the edge position and that's a guy that has a lot of interest in oklahoma i i don't know how much interest there will be from oklahoma and that sounds weird to say for a guy of that caliber but they already feel really really confident with what they have at edge in this class between nigel smith wyatt gilmore and danny okoye and then of course you're trying to flip williams winery down the stretch 918 if ou wins tomorrow do they jump into the top five in the polls they should i mean honestly like the way this texas team is viewed and the way that OU has played defensively up to this point, they should jump to the top five. Um, in the grand scheme of things, honestly, it doesn't really matter. Like, <laughs> like the college football playoff poll is what really matters. And if OU wins tomorrow, they're going to put themselves in an incredible spot to make the college football playoff. But they would jump Alabama. They would jump one loss Notre Dame. I think that they would jump USC. But would they jump Oregon at eight, Washington at seven, Penn State at six? I don't know. They probably should, but they're probably seven, six, seven next week. If yeah, they, I was, if they win this game, and again, it doesn't, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, and that's assuming the top ten holds serve. We yeah. may see a few upsets. I, again, I don't think Oklahoma is jumping Washington right now. I would, I would say there's a chance, not a certainty. I think there's a chance they could jump Oregon. So anywhere within that six to eight range, depending on the rest of the outcomes across college football this Saturday, would wear. That's where I would expect Oklahoma to land uh, if and when they win this football game. What's Saturday. going on with Reggie Powers? Uh, some are saying UCLA, really a player for uh, for Reggie Powers? Man, we got a lot going on right now. We do got a lot going, going on, man. I'm getting t-shirt requests. Yeah, but uh, no, but with Reggie Powers, man, obviously he's taken his official visit to Oklahoma on October 21st. And 
there is, I mean, the mutual interest there is very, very strong. Those relationships have formed quickly. I would consider OU the leader right now for Reggie Powers. But you never really know until a guy shows up to campus how he's going to react to everything, how he's actually going to click with the staff. And so I'm not getting too out over my skis with OU and Reggie Powers quite yet, but things there have been looking upward uh, ever since that relationship was formed in the aftermath of his decommitment from Michigan State. I I guess a few days beforehand he got the OU offer. Blacktop Billy says, we need to get back to that true hatred for the Texas Shorthorns. Speak for yourself, Billy. I have never lost my true (laughs) hatred for the Texas Longhorns. I I, I mean, I I don't know who has. Point these people out in public if you you can. I have, uh, even during the decade of suck, I still hated those guys. They were still as arrogant as ever. Texas is back. They're about to be back. All that. I, 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 ne- I never lost it. Never, never, never lost it one time. I assure you of that. It, listen, here's, here's what you need to do. If, uh, if people have somehow lost their hatred for the te- their true hatred for the Texas Longhorns, all you need to go is just tell them to watch an Orange Bloods live stream, oh, right? Oh, my gosh. Or Inside Texas. Or Inside Texas. What was um, – what was being said today, that OU's going to run a three-man front? Yeah, Chip Brown was like, they're going to rush three, drop eight. The whole game? Like, they're, they might show a three-man front at times. I don't know if they did that Tell me you don't know Brent Venables without well, telling me you don't know Brent Venables. I, I mean, I definitely think there could be three-man fronts at times, giving certain sure. situations, like sure. maybe some third-down spots. But is OU going to roll out and go rush three, drop eight the entire game? Um, no, that's, that's not that's – not, that's not going to be the case. Sorry, Chip. I just I don't buy that at all. Today, uh, by the way, today is October sixth. Yep. October sixth, a great day in OU Texas history for OU. Twenty-two years ago today, Superman play. Love it. Everyone knows what happens there. Um, also, sixteen years ago today, OU's running backs coach hurled a man, scored a touchdown. OU won by a touchdown that day over Texas. So October 6th, pretty good day in uh, OU Texas Gosh, that's history. 16 years ago, man. Uh, it's crazy. Sheesh. Senior of high school for me, man. 405-651-3439 is the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. We'll get to a ton of texts, more Cruton, more OU Texas on the other side right here on The Ref. Dorsey Jones, Buick GMC in El Reno, bringing you the sour of Locked In on an OEC football Friday. Dorsey Jones is family-owned and operated established in 2020 but many of their employees have been there for more than 20 years they sell buicks and gmcs which are some of the best trucks and suvs on the road dorsey jones buick gmc in el reno and we are live at the omni in downtown dallas it is about what 98 99 ou fans when you were on with steely earlier i heard some uh texas fans walking by yeah there were those two uh rowdy longhorns sheesh they got right up in my face and yelled Hook up! <laughs> i think they did the same thing last year actually i think yeah, there were new so. york giants fans here last year that were causing a ruckus at this time really so, the giants fans aren't causing a ruckus right now uh with with anything they're awful they're terrible uh okay 903 on the text line texas 24 7 insiders have us getting blown out by 20 plus bunch of fools. good hey good guys Good, keep feeding that. I want to hear. And keep the receipts. Uh, keep the receipts. Well, most importantly, yes. I, it's going to look like a Walgreens receipt by the time we get out of here today with Jeez. the amount of receipts that we're, uh, that we're keeping here. But I'm going to assume those are really long. I don't shop at Walgreens. They, they're, they're, well, as someone who, uh, who lives by one, yes, you can get one item and they're about three feet long. But, no, man, just cool. Like, let Texas come into this game 
feeling super overconfident. Like, that's that's fine. It's just going to make tomorrow that much sweeter when you go over to the Cotton Bowl. And I think if OU wins tomorrow, they're going to do it behind a dominant defensive performance. Like, I think this OU offense is, is good enough, sure. especially with the passing game and the mismatch that they have down the field to put up some serious points. But I'm in the camp that if OU wins this game tomorrow, I think the storyline is going to be, well, they won that game behind a dominant Brent Venables defense. That's just how it feels to me. Agree? Disagree? I, I will say this. I'm not counting on Oklahoma's defense being dominant tomorrow. I'm counting on them doing enough to win. And I th- from where I stand, I think the storyline defensively, if the Sooners win this game, is going to center out around one play. Whether that is a turnover, a defensive touchdown, a critical fourth down stop, I think the narrative of this game is going to be such that when we reflect on what Oklahoma accomplished defensively, we're going to highlight one singular play. So Gentry Williams coming up with the big intercept. Gentry's going to get chances uh, tomorrow. Gentry's been good so far. I mean, they can can test Gentry, and and I know that they will, but Gentry's going to have some opportunities, as will Woody Washington. But Woody Washington hasn't been challenged all year, man. He's hardly been targeted. So uh, I am like you you have to pick your poison with these Oklahoma corners. And, look, they're not invincible. Woody Washington and Gentry Williams are human. They can be beaten. But I wonder which one of them Texas goes after first. They go after the fifth-year senior in Woody, or do they go after the wondrously gifted sophomore in Gentry Williams? Caden Jones, Kiwan Jones' son, had a uh, game last night. Uh, I'm trying to find what his final stat line is. Here it is. Jinx beat Norman North. Norman North's a good football team this they year. They are. Jinx beat him 42-14 last night. Caden Jones finished with three touchdowns and an interception last night for hey, Jinx. I got a couple other stat lines to throw at you. I got a Michael Hawkins one. Yeah, I was about to say, Michael Hawkins, 319 total yards and five touchdowns. Frisco Emerson is now 7-0. and And he has 25 passing touchdowns with zero interceptions on the year. Yeah, 25-0 <laughs> touchdown to interception That'll ratio. Uh, that will play, my friends. That will play. Andy Bass. Did you do it again? He, he was on the field last night for 10 offensive plays. Tyler, would you like to take a guess at how many of those plays he, like, actively possessed the ball on? He was out there for 10 plays. Yeah, I'm going to guess he got the ball in all 10 of those plays. Well, as the quarterback, yeah, but what I'm saying, like, oh, like he was, not okay. handoffs. Okay. Like, he was involved in the play somehow, actively. Um, I, I think... I, I'll, I'll just cut to the chase here. I think he scored five touchdowns in his ten snaps out there. Three for three, 147 yards and three touchdowns. Jeez. Two carries, 79 yards. Both of those carries went for touchdowns. Man. So he was actively involved in the play five times. All five of those plays went for touchdowns. You know, he is such an interesting case in this year's recruiting class because it feels like previously, man, We've almost talked about, all right, here's your actual scholarship guys. And then in this little separate category here, here are your preferred walk-on guys. And here are the guys that are scholarship guys who could make an impact early. And here are the non-scholarship guys that, I don't know, we'll see, two or three years in the system, maybe they end up becoming a player. He's not technically a scholarship guy, though he is getting his school paid for uh, through NIL. It feels like we are talking about Andy Bass 
just as much as we're talking about these other scholarship guys. And these PWOs, man, that Oklahoma has landed, and this is not – obviously we talk about Andy Bass the most. Bergen Kaiser is a nationally ranked guy, yeah. a three-star player. Another one that nobody's talking about, Tyler, is a guy that right now is making a strong push to be first-team All-State here in Texas, and that is South Lake Carroll wide receiver Jacob Jordan. Another three-star guy who had FBS offers, and he chose to walk on at Oklahoma for the very first guy that ever offered him a scholarship and Emmett Jones. Yeah, well, and, and I think that's what's a little bit different is it's not just – like, you label a non-scholarship guy a certain way. And I think, yep. you know, most of the time, that's probably a fair way or accurate way to do it. But their non-scholarship guys are three-star players. And we're, yep. we're seeing that in bunches over the course of the past three years. So maybe people can understand why that we talk about, you know, you know Bass so much, Andy Bass so much. Like, the kids should probably be a four-star at this point with the numbers that he's throwing out there. If I have it's my insane. way, by the end of this cycle, he will be a four-star. Uh, by the way, Rivals got a cool story out today talking about the five-stars, the four-stars, and the three-stars. Who has the edge in this game tomorrow? Uh, Texas has the five-star edge. It says when it comes to five-star, Texas holds the distinct advantage here as the Longhorns have especially loaded up with elite prospects recently. So we're talking about Quinn Ewers, Arch Manning, Jatavian Sanders, John Tay Cook, Anthony Hill, and some others. So Texas has the edge when it comes to the five stars. OU's got the edge when it comes to four stars. Marcus Major, Jaron Canick, Kip Lewis, Key Lawrence, Gentry Williams, Billy Bowman. They list um, Texas four stars as well. And three-star U, baby. He's got the edge as well in this game. Uh, it says OU has a slight edge when it comes to three-stars. So not that that necessarily factors into the game at all, but they're just looking back at each team's recruiting classes, where they've been ranked. Texas got the edge with the five-stars, but OU's got them with the four and three, or three and four-stars. Also, it was in that story that I learned Dylan Gabriel was committed to Army at one point. Oh, I, I had I totally absolutely no knowledge that that was ever a thing. Imagine but. Dylan Gabriel running the option at some point. <laughs> Wait, it, it, is he old enough? Like he yeah, was, like Ar- yeah, like Ar- he would have been running the triple option. Well, man. I mean, Army had a good quarterback in 2018, but would he have been on Army's team in 2018? No, no, yeah, no. He, he, he would have gotten there in 2019. Okay, yes, that's kind of. But was. he would have been running the triple option. Man. Now he's running the fastest offense in college football. 405-651-3439 is the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Let's get to a. A few here. Mark and Blanchard says, JFA, enjoy your time as the most popular player on the team because Michael Hawkins will take over that spot next year. Mark, I know you're kidding around a little bit, but JFA is the most popular guy on the team heading into next year. He's the five-star quarterback that people already like. Um, Michael Hawkins is not the five-star, so, again, some people have some some thoughts that I think have been very I mean, unfair I, about it, him. According but. to some people, he's a three-star. I can't be convinced that that kid's a three-star talent, but that's just me. In 918, if Andy gets to four-star status, would they just give him a scholarship? No. No, 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 no. He'll, he'll Andy, get like, a scholarship yeah, at some point in his career, but, yeah, his situation won't change. Yeah, Andy Bass is getting his school taken care of, and so it's all it's semantics. If he were to get a scholarship, it's not like putting any additional money into his or his parents' pocket. It's not changing his situation at all. So no, he's locked in with Oklahoma in technicality. He's going to be a preferred walk-on, but he's going to get all the same treatment as scholarship guys and make no mistake. uh, He may end up being a guy that like Gavin Freeman 
gets to campus as a true freshman, as a preferred walk-on, and finds his way onto the field because he is dynamic, and what he's done on the field as a senior is all the proof you need. A lot of references to the movie Waterboy today on the text line. Interesting. Which I don't hate. Uh, from the 903, the country in Texas thinks OU is the Mud Dogs in the Bourbon Bowl. Well, the Mud Dogs won the Bourbon Bowl behind a miracle second half. So, I mean, maybe it'll happen. We're going to go with those parallels. Yeah, I feel good. Remember when Bobby Boucher showed up at halftime and the Mud Dogs won the Bourbon Bowl, do you? Yeah, that happened. 405 651 3439. More texts, more OU Cruton, more OU Texas coming up next right here on the ref. Final segment of Locked In with McComas and Thune on this OEC Football Friday. Tyler McComas, Parker Thune, live at the Omni in downtown Dallas. And I just got a text during the break. I was hoping this would happen today. Told Brian Bosworth's going to call in at 310 next hour. Hello. So, uh, yeah, the boss. Allegedly, Burn Orange makes him puke. I guess we'll find out uh, early next hour if Burn Orange still makes him puke because it does uh, the rest of us. So excited to hear from Boz. I think, uh, no, I, not, not that I think. I, I know that that'll be really, 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 really cool. Um, JT Sanders, man, you buying it? What Sark is saying yesterday, that he's, quote, good to go? I have no reason day. not to buy it because like, you, don't, you don't bluff that if you're Steve Sarkeesian. So, yes, I believe we see JT Sanders tomorrow, and I believe he's full go. I think he's going to play. I just, talking to some Texas uh, guys, they don't think that he's going to be close to 100%. So really? I think he's going to be out there on the opening series, and I think he's probably going to maybe fade a, a, away as the game goes on. Maybe I'm wrong, and he's a lot closer to 100% than they're leading on, and he's a big factor in this game. But it's been, man. Has that not been one of the major storylines of this week? It hasn't, maybe understandably so, health? because if somehow Oklahoma – can keep Texas from doing damage on the perimeter through the air, that likely leaves a lot of room over the middle for a guy like Jatavian Sanders to operate. But Texas doesn't really have anybody else on the roster that can do what Jatavian Sanders does. And so if he is at all hobbled, that's a huge lift for Oklahoma's, uh, well, I guess Oklahoma's ability to shut down what Texas wants to establish offensively. Stillwater Sooner says OU should try not to hit Quinn Ewers. The better QB that can actually throw Malik Murphy will come <laughs> in if Ewers gets hurt. Yeah, so just get there in his face and just, like, barely push him down. Or, like, bear hug him or something like that. Not not tackle him. Uh, 918, I think the boys are going to wake up tomorrow feeling dangerous. Let's hope so, man. Let's hope so. You, you have all the motivation you could ever need after last year's game. If last year didn't embarrass you enough, then... Yeah, you, you got issues. But I, but I think that this is just festered all year long. 49, nothing, all that. They're, they're going to come out, and I just, I just think that they're going to play well. Yeah, now the, now the big question I have is can they start hot? Because if Oklahoma gets rolling early and they get Texas on their heels, that's a dangerous place for that Longhorns football team to be in because Accurate. they haven't been there thus far this year. But conversely, if Texas is the team that starts off hot and they race out to a lead by a couple possessions, if you're – on that Oklahoma sideline, does 49 nothing start to creep into your head again? I feel like it gets hard. It's hard not to. Yeah. All right. See you guys. See ya. See ya. Uh, 5-2-0. Hey, be, be overconfident. You guys are overconfident. Don't worry. Hey, you guys are the better team, allegedly. Don't lose tomorrow. Great tennis Don't program. Don't lose tomorrow. Don't lose tomorrow. They're going to lose tomorrow. I'm just letting you know. Uh, can you give a shout-out to Arizona Sooners? Yes. 
Shout out to all the uh, Arizona Sooners that are out there. Thank you for listening on this Friday. See, they're obnoxious, man. They're overconfident. They're strolling through the Omni downtown. This is the, like, official OU hotel. They're just walking around with their jerseys, chest out, like, oh, my, my, oh we got it made. It, it, it's typical Texas. Our loudmouth there is wearing Texas. a Texas tennis polo. <laughs> of course. Tennis school? He'll be changing tonight for his swimming and diving polo uh, <laughs> later on this evening. They've actually got a few uh, conference championships in that. No, um, I- I'll get to Bricks and Boganowski before we get out of here. Okay, I mean, sure. we are contractually, you and I signed a contract three weeks ago that we have to m- mention Bricks and Boganowski every single day now. So here's our chance. Let's, let's start with Bricks. Is it just continue to be... I don't know. We'll see. We'll I'm find going, out when we find out. I'm going to see him next weekend. Um, I'm going to watch him next Friday. I'll be up in Iowa. Mm-hmm. From everything I have heard and continue to hear, Oklahoma's got the inside track in that recruitment, and it's much the same with Boganowski. So two guys that the industry probably had pegs to Kansas State against all odds three months ago or so. It looks like Oklahoma is poised to land their services in both cases. And – I, I just, as far as the timeline with those two, man, I don't, like I've said, I think Boganowski's done by the end of the month with Bricks. It's one big question mark, one big mystery. Boganowski, um, hmm, what do you want to say here with Boganowski? What do you mean? I just, what do you want to say here? I, I like OU. Okay. I like OU in that race. Okay. Uh, go get him, Plank. Thank you. We love it, says the 918. Plank's getting credit for something. He's not on the air right now. I don't feel like you sound that much like Plank, do you? Uh, Maybe so. Zane says that was gold. Cherokee Sooner says, can we sneak Baker into someone's uniform? Well, Baker might try tomorrow. Yeah. He and Jackson Arnold look similar enough, don't they? Yeah. At least with a helmet on. Baker Baker could attempt that. That wouldn't shock me. All right. Allegedly, the ball's coming up next at 310. Keep it locked right here on The Ref. We're the homeless Sooner fans.